expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity The wisdom rushing in So much clearer Welcome to another episode of Oh Shoot. I hope that everyone is having an amazing day. Um, It's officially September, so I'm just kind of soaking in those fall vibes right now. I'm trying to get past summer. It's really hard. Um, Today's episode, I am chatting with Alex Miller, who is like the queen of portrait photography. So I'm very excited to chat with her literally about all things portrait photography. I'm super excited to see where the conversation is going to go. So I hope everyone enjoys today's episode. All right, everybody. Today I am talking with Alex Miller, and I'm very, very excited to dive into this conversation. Um, Alex, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everyone just a little bit about you. Hi, I'm Alex. I go by Liquid Verve online. Um, I'm a portrait photographer. I do that full time. I do uh, portrait photography and portrait coaching and um, I also have uh, courses online so that's kind of the full span of the work I do yeah Yeah. awesome and tell us like how you got into portrait photography I'm kind of interested in knowing a little bit of your story so I've been in portraits for about four years but I've been taking it seriously uh, for three years so I've been a I I went full-time about three years ago okay and um I got into it because at the time my boyfriend was a photographer and I was working in film. And so I had a bunch of female friends who were very gorgeous because they were actresses. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know what? You should take pictures of them for fun. And I was (laughs) like, what do you mean? Um, So then that escalated kind of quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's so funny. I feel like my photography story too started with just like taking pictures of people I knew. Um, And then it, turned into something that I really, really loved. So that's awesome. I think that's always a great start to work with people that you're familiar with and already have a pre-existing relationship with. Oh yeah, definitely. It's totally easier to like pose them and everything too, because you like know each other. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that online you're known as Liquid Verve. I'm literally so curious to know like where that name came from. Like what, what does this mean? (laughs) Um, so again, the guy who got me into it, he also had a really interesting Instagram tag at the time. By now he's changed it just to his name, but at the time mm-hmm. it was kind of abstract. And I was like, Ooh, I want an abstract Instagram name. Hmm. Um, cause my name is Alex Miller. So it's the most generic name you could possibly think. So I didn't <laughs> want to do anything with that. And I was like, okay, well, I've been an artist since I was really young. I started, mm-hmm. um, I started playing music when I was three years old started writing music really early and I started painting and then I got into the film when I was like seven and that's what I ended up studying um and so I kind of felt like the medium doesn't matter to me I just appreciate art for its um mechanisms as a whole Mm -hmm. so 
Um, verve is a word that is a synonym for like passion and vigor and enthusiasm. Yeah. And I just felt like no matter what medium I chose, I would be stoked about it. So liquid verve is kind of who I am. I think that, I that's know. like so cool. I I've <laughs> never you. even heard the word verve before. I don't know it's if I'm just uneducated. Word. No, it's it's not a very well known word. Okay. <laughs> um, but I randomly stumbled across it one day, and I have synesthesia, so I connect letters and numbers with colors and okay. verb is like the prettiest word I've ever seen so I just love it yeah oh wow that's awesome um with yeah. growing up you said you were like super artistic like why do you think photography was the thing that stuck for you because you know there's so many different mediums like you're saying mm. but why why photography well um some of them some of them have stuck so I still for example I still play the piano okay um, and I still paint once in a while but photography for me is the most significant because I think it's very much uh the best of all the worlds a big issue that I find with art is that there's either not enough people there or too many people there so <laughs> um in film I experienced that there were just too many cooks I didn't have enough control over the final product um to say I'm fully responsible for this being good or this being bad like I could give it 150 percent and if it didn't turn out, it wasn't even my fault. And that to me was very frustrating. So I wanted mm -hmm. something where I could bear more responsibility. Um, and then in other art forms, I feel like you bear a little bit too much responsibility where it's kind of like, I miss, excuse me. <laughs> I miss the um, interaction and the interpersonal connection and how much like beauty comes out of working, um, you know, in connection with another person and their creativity. Mm -hmm. So I love the collaborative aspect of working with a model or sometimes even another photographer. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I've never even thought of it like that. And the cool thing about like photography and portraits and everything is like almost like telling a story, like every mm -hmm. person's different. Um, and obviously like with other art forms, you know, it's unique in its own way as well. But I feel like with photography, it's actually like capturing like emotion and like it's right. like it's it's just so unique and I you know I'm sure everyone listening understands that too um so I did a little bit of creeping on your Instagram um as I do and um I saw that you did some really awesome work for like a film like an Amazon film oh yeah um so I'm interested to know like how did you land a gig like that or like how do you land gigs that are like more than just like someone that just wants photos you know like um well first off thank you I'm glad you <laughs> like the project um, oh yeah this I think I've done now five collaborations with Amazon and so um they initially reached out to me it, it's been about a year since I started working with them they initially reached out to me for a project for TikTok okay. and that's mainly what they hire me for and then mm -hmm. once in a while I'll do something that also goes to Instagram Okay. But um, when they first reached out to me, it was just for uh, for a campaign for one of the TV shows they were launching. And then it mm -hmm. kind of escalated. And I think once you're on the roster of the brand, they much prefer to work with somebody that they have experience with, where they know that that person's reliable, going, reliably going to meet deadlines, mm -hmm. have good communication and deliver exactly what they're looking for and bring them, you know, obviously also the numbers that they care for. Um, so all the collaborations that I've had with brands recently have been very long-term and have been like, you know, multiple collaborations because building those relationships is so important. So 
I don't know how they first found me. I yeah. assume it was via TikTok. Um, so that's definitely what I recommend to portrait photographers now is not to neglect other platforms besides Instagram mm-hmm. because Instagram is so saturated. So I feel like it's easy to drown in the competition. It's so true. Yeah. And the nice thing about TikTok is you're being shown to like a completely new audience almost exactly. every time that you post, um, mm-hmm. which is super hard on Instagram. You're basically your content just gets shown to people who already follow you. So yeah, TikTok is huge for just like better exposure and yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And generally video content. I mean, even on Instagram, if you're going to post something that's going to reach new people, it's going to be reels. Right. right? So, yeah. Um, reels have obviously massive potential to go viral and that's another great way that brands can find you and be like, Oh, we want a video like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. That's really cool. That TikTok was how, Amazon found you and if anyone is listening and like wants to know what picture I'm talking about it's literally like the the coolest picture like picture like like Avengers people like running down the street in the middle of like war that's like actually this picture that she took and it's amazing thank you so much you're so sweet oh no problem I I just love like I don't know. My husband's into like action stuff. So I was like, Uh, oh my gosh, this is insane. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So with your sessions, I'm interested just to know, like, what do you shoot the most? Is it mostly brands or like fashion or like, I don't know, like, what do you find you're most often shooting? Like, obviously it's portraits, but like within portraits. Right. Um, So I don't actually do a lot of client work that's just like person to person mm-hmm. um it's work that I'm like really critical about taking new projects I take them far out I'm usually booked like on average three to five months out mm-hmm. I don't take more than two or three a month and even that's a lot for me um so I've found that kind of setting parameters on the booking process like that really weeds out most people and the the only people that stay are the people that really feel like I'm a good fit for their project yeah um, so that makes the, the process very pleasant, but, um, I would say probably about 10% client work and it's probably about like 50% just collabs that I just do because I love them and I want to mm-hmm. post them to social media and social media obviously then feeds back into other revenue streams for me. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the last 40%, I would say is probably a mix between like brand work and, other like random projects okay higher yeah 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 like miscellaneous stuff yeah exactly (laughs) yeah mostly I really just shoot uh collabs and obviously those kind of split into like fancy sci-fi right um, some cosplay and then some very like classic portraiture yeah how how much time on average do you spend like planning out a shoot and stuff I'm sure there's so much that goes into it like kind of like walk me through that process too. Like, I'm just very fascinated in this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I really love doing the pre-production in a collaborative way with the model. You'll kind of see the same faces on my page over and over again. And that's for the reason that I love working with those people, both in like the prep as well as on set, as well as then in post-production, there mm-hmm. are people that I can actually run the edits by and be like, hey, how do you feel about this? Like, do you have anything con- to contribute? Because I do feel like it's a very 50-50 creative process between the photographer and the model. Yeah. Um, that's how I prefer to work. I know a lot of photographers like to just choose everything, but I, anyways. Yeah. No, I like so, that. 
Yeah, so so a lot of the, it depends obviously on how complex the project is. If you see mm-hmm. some of my projects with, for example, Caitlin, Caitlin Christine, she's a cosplayer. Um, we'll spend like probably on average, I don't know, like eight to 10 hours per shoot just planning. Okay. Um, finding locations and we shot list ahead of time. We'll come through with like either a spreadsheet or a list of exactly the photos that we want to take. Often mm-hmm. we'll plan our um, stock image assets ahead of time so that we know how to match the lighting and the composition. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll location scout together most of the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she's really just as invested as I am, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other shoots will be a little bit less planning. We'll just kind of sit down together, brainstorm, look at references, look at colors, look mm-hmm. at wardrobe. Um, and then, yeah, usually I like to write it down because I forget things. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm the same of, way. Okay, <laughs> cool. It sounds like, so I shoot weddings primarily and there's a lot of prep work that goes into just finding out mm-hmm. what my client wants and mm-hmm. what shots are important to them and like what scenery they want, whatever. And it sounds like for you, it's the same thing where you're just making sure that you have all the bases covered and you're able to deliver what the client wants in the end. Um, yeah. So I want to talk, um, a little bit about just like your style. Um, so obviously we're talking about portraits because you, you do like awesome portraits, but, um, how did you find your style within portraits? Like was it just like you knew or how, how did that process happen? Um, well, I think style is one of those very elusive things that we try to like find or create, but I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Um, so I think style is just a combination of like an accumulation of choices yeah. um, of things that we like. So I think the most important um, step on the path of finding your style is um, making as many choices as possible. So that is about like the quantity of shooting and editing, mm-hmm. but it's also about the deliberacy, right? So there's a difference whether I'm uh, going out and winging it and then in the edit also uh, kind of just like keeping it simple versus I'm sitting down with an edit and I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything to do for the rest of the night. I'm just going to play around with this and see what highlight color works the best on her cheekbones. Mm-hmm. And then once I find that and I like it, I just keep doing the same highlight color and suddenly it's called style, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because when I look at my work, I don't think I have a style. I think it's all over the place. I think it's <laughs> the best. But then people say that they recognize my work and I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. But I don't personally. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's just like, it does make I sense. Make same choices. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I like the way that you put that too. I think style can be very, um, like people try to make it very black and white when it truly is this big gray area of um, like, it's very flexible. It's very liquid. Um, Like you're able to go and change it whenever you want. And it is based on, you know, the mood of the shoot or, you know, whatever you're feeling. Um, So yeah, I think that's cool though, that you just kind of like are intentionally giving more time to figuring out your style rather than rushing through um, and just, trying to get it done you know right thank you yeah um so what is your like I I laugh at this question because I feel like this like such a basic question but I just want to ask what is your gear that you typically use what are your favorite lenses um yeah let me know um well I'll start out by saying I don't care that much about gear yeah um and I know that's easy to say from someone uh Easy to say, coming from someone who shoots with a mirrorless camera, I shoot on an A7R II. 
Okay. Uh, so it's two generations old Sony um, mirrorless camera, full frame. And then I shoot um, on two Sony lenses. One is the 35 millimeter and one is the 50 millimeter, both f1.4. Um, all of my gear is pre-owned secondhand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I generally, I was shooting on like a 12 megapixel camera for the first two years of doing photography. <laughs> Because I just didn't care. And then at some point, a close friend of mine, he was like, look, you're going to have to get yourself a real camera that has autofocus. So I was focusing manually and everything. And oh, okay. So he gave me his old camera. Very kind of him. Um, mm-hmm. But I do super advocate for, and I do think it's really important that like literally everything else, like the model and the lighting and the prep matters 99%. And then the gear kind of just offers you a little bit more options like when you're shooting special scenarios such as low light or when right. you need good autofocus then sure your gear matters but otherwise it does not yeah. determine the quality of the photography no it definitely does not I I think it's it's just so funny like I shoot on a 35 like you and then I also mm-hmm. I have a 50 millimeter I never use it but I never use mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay I Good to know. Um, but it's just funny because a lot of people do, like you said, put an emphasis on gear, but just based on like us as photographers, our perspectives are so different. So it's like, no matter what gear you have, like you're going to get a different artistic output or outcome. And I think that's what like matters, you know? Right. It it, it would be impossible to replicate someone's work just based on replicating their gear. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And lighting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So sorry. I was going to ask you, shoot mostly 35 as well. Yes. Literally oh, cool. like 95% of the time yep. is the 35. Same. Yeah. I do have an 85 that I really like for weddings because I'm kind of like more of a fly on the wall sometimes with mm-hmm. candids and stuff like during a ceremony. I don't want to be right. like, all up, yeah, all up in everyone's business. Um, <laughs> but the 35 is like, if I'm directing and I'm doing like bridal portraits and stuff, that's like, uh, yeah, yep. definitely the go-to. Totally for it. Nice. Yes. Cool. Um, so you mentioned editing a little bit. What are you using to edit your images? Are you using Photoshop, Lightroom, combo of both? Um, yes, I primarily use Photoshop. I use Lightroom to organize my images and raw process them. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, if I'm not editing, sorry, I don't know why the apocalypse is happening. I, I swear <laughs> I live in a residential neighborhood, but sometimes <laughs> it just feels like there's a war going on outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I, I do all my file organization. I'm, I'm very type A and kind of German. I'm German. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I like to keep things very like clean and nice and organized, easy to find. So mm-hmm. Do all that in Lightroom, and then I do any of my raw processing, and um, alternatively, I'll do it in Camera Raw. But ninety nine percent of my editing is in Photoshop. Okay, awesome. Are you using like presets that you created for yourself, or do you just edit base per session? Or I do have presets, but they're not uh, raw price presets. So they don't exist in Lightroom or Camera Raw. Mm-hmm. I have uh, LUTs that I created in 3D LUT Creator. Mm-hmm. And so I import them in Photoshop and it kind of applies as a final layer okay. uh, right before I export the image. Um, I shared those I shared those LUTs on my website uh, for free. I usually share them around the holidays. I just give them out to anyone who would like to download them. So oh, awesome. I'll probably do that again for Halloween and Christmas if okay. you want some 
Yeah, people I'll, people go to her website and just like keep an eye out. <laughs> I might have to go get them too. too. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about posing um, because personally, when I am posing just one person, I find it to be just a little bit more difficult. So, um, then multiple people, really? Yes. Well, okay. So interesting. With just like two people, I find it so easy because it's like they can cool. interact with each other. But one person for me is just like so intimidating because, you know, it's just them. Like, that's it. Right. So, how do you typically like um, pose your subjects? Like, what are some ways that you go through the posing process I, I know everyone's different so I, I'm still caught up on the fact that <laughs> you have an easier time posing two people that's so impressive to me I have such a hard time po- posing multiple people really? so like kudos that's oh amazing. my gosh well kudos to you too because I literally can't pose one person to save <laughs> my life <laughs> um that's so funny okay So in terms of posing I do think that there are two kind of different approaches um one of them to me is a more uh, model pose approach and the other one is a more acting based approach. Okay. Um, and so it kind of depends on whether the work is very narrative or whether it's just beauty work. Okay. So if we're just posing the body, it took me a really long time to learn body posing. If you look at my old work, it's all like this because I only knew, knew how to like photograph a face and pose a face. Mm-hmm. So then I started understanding a little bit about um, like masculine shapes and feminine shapes, creating like hard lines versus soft lines. Um, it definitely depends on whether I'm working with someone who's never been on camera before. Obviously, those people are more difficult to pose mm-hmm. or whether it's someone who I've worked with hundreds of times, um, you know, then you can get into much more complex things uh doing complex poses or hair flips or you know uh like jumps or whatever (laughs) yeah Um, yeah so I can get into whatever aspect of that you might be interested in yeah so if like let's say you're working with someone that has a little bit more experience um Mm -hmm. modeling what are like what does the posing process look like for you are you telling them what to do are you kind of like letting them do their thing um so again, it's usually very collaborative. I'll mm-hmm. take an example of, I don't know if you've seen it. I've done a cosplay shot with Caitlin Christine. She's in uh, a vintage Wanda um, uh, Scarlet Witch outfit. Okay. And she's like jumping. Well, she's meant to be flying, but she's jumping and her cape is kind of flying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very complex shot because we wanted to get it all in one. I didn't want to have to composite on the cape or anything. So we usually do a lot of, um, test posing without like a camera or anything. So we'll just do the pose. We'll kind of start from the ground up. So feet, body, then arms, and then, you know, any extremities, Mm -hmm. um, and just test it out. And then we'll modify from there. Same thing. If I'm posing a hair flip, kind of just take it piece by piece without the camera first. Okay. And so for this particular pose, she did the jump and she pulled the cape up and we were kind of like, okay, the cape just kind of looks like it's stuck to her body if she's yeah. jumping with it. So what we tried was having her throw the cape first and then jumping into the cape so that they'd be going opposite ways. Oh. And it worked really well. Yeah. So then by the time we got around to shooting it, we nailed it perfectly on the second shot that we took. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we didn't actually have to do it because we had it figured out before I even brought my camera up. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Yeah. 
So that's kind of, that's what the process looks like. It's a, it's a lot of just person to person before even bringing the camera in as an element into that relationship. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like that a lot because it does make them feel um, more comfortable, you know, just yes. walking through that pose uh-huh. a few times, especially if it is a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that's helpful for them too. They don't feel like they're just like, you know, just trying a bunch just of being times. being stranded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's nothing more frustrating for a model than trying to complete a pose and the photographer's just kind of like hidden behind the camera and they're not happy with what you're doing. Like that's yeah. really stressful for the model. So I never want to put anyone in that position. Right. And it's, it's just good to communicate like, oh, this looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, could you change this about it? I really like what you said about working from the ground up with like feet, body, arms. Yes. That's like such an interesting concept. I've never heard that before. Is that something that you do like typically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I teach in in coaching. I have a lot of my um, I have a lot of the students that I work with do exercises where they look at a pose reference, but the model can't see it, and they try to replicate the pose reference just verbally without yeah. like showing any examples. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really great exercise because it's hard for us as photographers to put ourselves in the model's position. So we're like oh, you just lean and then put your arms above your head. What does that mean? Yeah. You know? <laughs> what are you trying to say? Um, yeah, it's so confusing. So, right. So we need to be very concise in our language and very specific. And the worst thing I think that we can do is build a whole pose and then realize that the model's like totally facing the wrong way or that she should have been, you know, sitting when she was standing. Or So that's why we start from the ground up, um, you know, position first and then feet and then body and then arms and just work your way up because it's much easier to change the hands than it is to change the whole right setup. So. Yeah. Like the base of it all. Wow. Exactly. that That's very interesting. I, as you're saying that I realize I do like talk out my poses to my couples. Like oh, nice. I don't like actually, I have this thing where I am kind of against like pulling out your phone and being like, Hey, do this. Right. Um, I don't, yeah. It's hard for the model to replicate just like most people don't have that yeah associative you know right yeah like most people aren't as like comfortable like doing different Mm -hmm. poses and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah so I think talking out your poses it's really important it also just like establishes some sort of trust too between you and your subject because they have to like listen to you and it Mm -hmm. you know that listening I feel like is a little bit more effective than actually like showing them a picture or something yes absolutely yeah I really like that um so I want to talk about lighting. Um, you have like, I've seen videos of you shooting and you have like a reflector. And so I'm just interested to know, like, typically, how do you light your subjects? I'm sure it's different for every um, shoot, but like, what are some typical um, lighting scenarios that you'll do for your shoots? So I'm definitely really into natural light. Um, if I can choose natural light over you know, continuous light or flash, I absolutely will. Mm-hmm. Um, generally prefer bounced light over diffused light. Okay. So my most common lighting setup is to backlight with the sun and then key light, so front light, yeah. with a white side reflector. Okay. And I'll keep it slightly above eye level and slightly off to a side so that it creates a little bit of shape in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I usually hold the reflector myself, so I don't really need somebody there. If there's someone there, great. But if not, that's okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's my most common setup. And okay. if I then go into like a nighttime shoot, for example, I'll kind of just replicate that same setup. So I'll use an LED as a backlight, yep. and then I'll still bring in a reflector and just bounce a light into the reflector and still use that as a key light. That's okay. just 
what I find to be most beautiful. Yeah. Most flattering. Yeah. Most beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I think the video that I saw of you, you were holding the reflector off to the side. And so that, that does make a lot of sense. I'm not really like, I don't really know reflectors too well. I, because I shoot couples, it's like, I don't know. Mm. I feel like it'd be a little bit harder for me to get a reflector out. Um, it's kind of hard to like right. to with a reflector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do, I think for portraits, it's super, super pretty. Um, you know, it's nice to have, you know, obviously just backlit in general, but then once you add some light back into their face, that's when it really just like, I feel like it makes it look like even more professional too. Yes. Um, yeah. So if you're using a flash, um, how would you light a subject using a flash? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I mean, so to be completely honest with you, I really don't ever shoot with flash specifically. I do sometimes shoot with continuous light, especially when I'm okay. shooting um, interior studio setups. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the whole setup of flash. I like seeing the light constantly and always. And yeah, that's okay. just from video work, I think. Um, mm. But then I would I would shoot with you know uh, I I would shoot the same. Uh, setup in terms of placement, like my key light would still be, you know, obviously through a type of softbox, slightly above eye level, off to the side, very mm. classic placement. And then I would try to throw in a backlight that's a little bit harsher. Okay. Um, and yeah. Yeah, really nothing special. <laughs> yeah. Just basic. How did you learn about like lighting and stuff just through like trial and error or? I went to film school. So some of my training is very classical. So it's very much like, um, I learned how to light, I learned how to compose a shot, um, and I learned color theory and kind of color grading. I learned it uh, via cinema. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the, sp- the techniques that are specific to portrait photography, I'm completely self-taught. Like I'm not a big, I can't really make it through tutorials or courses, <laughs> which is ironic because I create them, but yeah. I can't consume them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. Okay. That's, yeah. that's my education. That makes, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> did you, um, do, I guess you probably did like video work before photography then? Yes. Okay. So I did, I've been doing narrative films since I was like seven years old and <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. a, a child running around with a little camcorder. I know that's um, what I pictured. That's what I, that's why I laughed. Accurate. <laughs> accurate and so I I think I decided when I was like 12 or 13 I shot my first feature film and I decided I wanted to be a professional filmmaker which is funny because my parents are doctors so they were like where did this come from yeah um and so I went to film school uh moved to the U.S. when I was 16 uh went to film school for four years and we created we did a bunch of stuff in film school which was great we created narrative series that ended up doing four seasons as a, as a web series on YouTube we gained I think like 350,000 followers wow. then syndicated it to like I think Roku and Amazon Prime I don't even remember um and so that's what I did as a full-time job while I was in college and then my last year of college I kind of found photography and then I slowly pivoted out of film into photography and just made okay. like a very swift transition yeah oh wow that's so cool that's like literally yeah. so cool I love that <laughs> I, I like yeah. that you were able to pivot too. like once you saw an interest somewhere else, you're like, mm, I'll just kind of go over here, you know, and do portraits. Yeah, it was one of those, you know, the path just kind of presented itself. And sometimes it's hard not to cling on to things, especially since I'd been doing film for so long. And mm-hmm. I was so confident that that's what I wanted to do for a career. 
Yeah. Um, but sometimes you got to run with what life throws at you. So Right. So how did you get your first couple of portrait clients? I know you said that there were like models, but like paying clients, like were those also some models or? I, I think it's pretty easy because I'm located in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, so here it's like every other person does social media or has social media and needs photos. Yeah. So I was hired pretty early on when I only had like a couple thousand followers. Um, it was just people DMing me and asking how much I charge for a shoot. But I never made that my primary source of income. I actually, um, my main revenue stream for like the first two years of photography was just making courses and tutorials. Oh. So it was something that people requested from me because I noticed I had sort of unique editing approaches. Mm -hmm. And so I think when I had 18,000 followers, I launched my first tutorial. Um, I was, I I think I put around 100, 150 hours into it. So I was like, if 10 people buy this, I will make my money back in terms of time investment. Um, And then I think I ended up making 20 sales in the first day. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Exceeded all of my expectations. And so then people kept requesting different types of tutorials. So now I have four like really, you know, full-fledged full-length courses at varying um, levels of, um, for varying skill levels. Yeah. And some for shooting, some for editing. And right now I'm working on a compositing course that I've been putting off for years. So I'm finally (laughs) going to put that out. I think in time for Christmas, to be honest. Oh, cool. That's Um, awesome. I, I love that you have courses that you offer, but you also like do portraits actively you know so it's not like you're just sitting there teaching people but you don't you're not actually like doing it yourself right like has to do a mix yeah right yeah that's really cool and a composite course would be like because all of the courses you offer I feel like they're all great but you are like that is like the one thing that I feel like a lot of people would have questions about I know I get so many requests for it I'm like I'm working on it but (laughs) It's so, it's so much time for me to put together a course. It's just like weeks and months worth of work in terms of the prep and the design of it. And then the, obviously the recording, then the editing. And Mm -hmm. I put a lot of myself into it. So it's always a mountain's worth of a project. Oh (laughs) yes. I totally understand. I'm working on a new course too. And it's like, oh yeah. yeah. What, what's, what's it going to be? So, um, it's, I haven't actually like talked about it at all, but it's basically for, um, I think it's mainly like wedding photographers, but it's how to like kickstart your business, like going full time, like just kind of everything you need to know, like from the business side of photography, not necessarily like we need more of that. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I feel like it's something that I really wish I would have had when mm-hmm. I started photography was someone that was like, Hey, this is what you need to do. Yes. Um, and this is how you can succeed. So I just want to, you know, give back. <laughs> That's so cool. I think specifically weddings are so hard to get into and mm-hmm. like market yourself and then figure out what those client relationships work like. So I'm sure people right. are going to really benefit from that. That's amazing. yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. When are you going to release it? Um, so right now I'm working on it to come out in March of next year oh okay so yeah so, yeah still have time I'm still like literally filming things so. oh nice yeah what about yours oh you said Christmas right I haven't started it oh good <laughs> that's not entirely true so I also I do one-on-one coaching very selectively and I have so many um 
I've done so many compositing lessons that by now I have a really solid table of content. I know exactly okay. how to teach the material. Mm-hmm. So right now it's just a matter of um, next week, actually, I'm I'm finishing up the table of contents and the outline, and then I'm going to start filming um, probably shortly after that. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So you have like a good like base and yeah, it's not I, like you're completely procrastinating. Yeah, no, it's just a matter of, and then once I actually get into the execution, it doesn't really take me more than a month to put it together. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see how that turns out. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You're like, same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see it too. Right. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about like, I don't know, just like things that you wish you would have known or just like general tips, like in photography in general. Mm So, um, what are, I said, I have three tips. Like, do you have three tips that you would tell yourself when you first started? Um, let me think of a third. Oh yeah. If it's only two or like one, that's fine. But I put three down just, you know, just cause, um, yeah, I have, I have three. Okay. I have three. (laughs) You sound like unsure. I don't know if there are three good tips, but yeah. I will give them. They're tips. <laughs> um, cool. So the first one is definitely my biggest tip. I say this all the time when people just ask for like beginner's advice. Mm-hmm. Find your learning style first. Okay. I know people who've been in portraits for like a decade or two decades. And suddenly they're like, whoa, I never had any idea. Um that I could like learn at this kind of a speed because they've been so stagnant for such a long time. So I think it's a case of people working with the wrong learning style. So that's why I said, I don't watch courses. I don't watch Mm -hmm. tutorials because it's not a good method for my brain to consume information. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm very trial and error. I'm very stubborn. I need to just spend 10 hours in Photoshop and just work with the tool and be like, okay, this is working and this is not working for me. Um, it's a very slow method, but it's a method. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, there are like in-person workshops, one-on-one workshops. There are online courses. Um, some people like to read. Some people are more audio. Some people are more visual. Uh, you can take tests online, like the VARC questionnaire to figure out if you're more kinesthetic or more audio or more visual or a combination of those so mm-hmm. that you can know what kind of content to consume or how to study in a way that it'll stick in your brain because we're just used to classic school programs and they're not for everybody. That's why most people don't do well in elementary school and high school is because that mm-hmm. system isn't good for most people's brain processes. Okay. So I always say, figure out your learning style and then just run with it. And you can learn portraits in like three, four, five months. You can become a professional portrait photographer if you work with the right studying mechanism. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's my biggest tip. And then I guess next tip is just quantity especially when you're starting out, mm-hmm. you need to do a lot of shoots. Otherwise you're just going to be anxious going out and shooting. You just need to do it and do it, do it, do a lot of edits, just as much time as you can put into it, put it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, third tip is um, finding the balance between um, efficiency and, um, oh, not improvisation. Um, uh, what's the word? Um like playing around and just like testing things. Yeah. I feel like improv is like a kind of, yeah, a good description. Yeah. So, so that's what I was mentioning, you know, when you get into Photoshop, trying to explore your style um, or whatever platform you edit in, it's important to try to cut down the regular processes that you do to leave more time for the testing and improvisation. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
for example, in retouching, a lot of people get stuck doing like a one hour retouch. And I'm like, then how are you going to arrive, you know, in your stylization and still have time and energy and excitement to play around with colors? Because you've just already spent an hour removing blemishes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's really important to try to speed up processes that are non-creative to leave as much time as possible for the creative parts of the workflow yeah like anything that feels a little bit mundane or like honestly it could be something that you could delegate to someone else too like too yeah yeah to me that's a really good indication of um like if someone else could be doing this I could be putting my time and energy into something that is more creative and it's going to help me grow better than Mm -hmm. um you know maybe scheduling a thousand pins on Pinterest like to me that's extremely mundane and someone else can definitely do that um Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that's a good tip. They're all good tips to be honest, but that last one just really stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I, I know you talk on your website and on your social media about growing your social media and you talk about building it. Um, do you have any tips for someone that's looking to build a successful, um, portrait social media page? Yeah, absolutely. Um, First tip, before I even say anything else, it should be consistently portraits. Okay. Um, If you have a mixed page between, say, portraits and landscapes or portraits and sports photography or whatever, it's going to hurt your page because people are going to have a landscape come up on their feed and they're going to be like, I don't even know who this is. Or they won't engage with it. And that means they will stop seeing your portrait content. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people want to know what they're following you for. So I would never suggest mixing genres if you're trying to do portrait photography specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of sort of foundational rules that apply just to social media in general, regardless of the times that we're in, I've always had a very build it and they will come approach. I'm always like, if you provide quality, especially through infotainment, like if you offer a mixture of <laughs> art and education you said infotainment um, infotainment yeah oh my gosh I'm yeah. literally stealing that I love that oh, so yeah, it's much so great. no have it um it's it's so you know and it's little things like even if you have a carousel post and you show the behind the scenes of how you shot it mm-hmm. that's information that people can use to apply to their own situation or if you show something like editing steps of before and afters it's all information that people can use mm-hmm. so I think that's a huge way to provide value that people often miss out on. They just share the art and, you know, that's a missed opportunity. Right. Um, and I, again, I always think if you put out quality, it's just a matter of time before people will like show up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, consistency is important. So that's why I always recommend to integrate yourself into the community because it's very hard to work through in 65 days of the year just on your own based off of your own discipline and motivation it's much easier when you have a friend being like hey you haven't posted in a week where are you at (laughs) you know um, yeah so find people to help you stay accountable and then if we're talking about the current times and actual growth in the current moment yeah it's all videos or like you cannot grow off of photo content so if you're not in reels if you're not in tiktoks and then you know youtube shorts is now becoming a thing if you're not in those platforms you're not going to grow there's just no way so um the biggest tip I can give for that is analyze trends but also just start doesn't matter like your first content is going to suck it just (laughs) my first content absolutely sucked 
but um, you have to do it to learn it. So just right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just part of being adaptable too. Like, even if you do take photos, like put a bunch of photos in a video, like it's like a montage, right? Like it's really that simple. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times, like I especially find myself like over analyzing my videos and like, Mm -hmm. if it's not like so perfect, I won't post it, but that's really not the content that people want to see. Like they kind of want to see the more raw and real stuff. Like the stuff that's on my for you page or my reels page. It's just like someone picked up a camera or like their phone and just started recording and talking. And it just is funny, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. Well, those are some really great tips. Um, I do want to, honestly, I feel like we've talked a lot on this episode, so I'm probably just going to like wrap it up here. Um, But I do want to give you a chance to kind of tell everyone um, where they can find you and follow you um, and also like what you have coming up in your business. Um, I know you talked a little bit about your course, but if there's anything else. Um, Yeah, so I'm Liquid Verve everywhere online. Okay. I actually, now that I think about it, I only have Instagram and TikTok. I don't really do any oh. other social media. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's my website as well. So um, liquidverb.com. And um, in terms of, yeah, what I have coming up, actually a really cool project coming up that I'm super excited about. Um, I can't really say very much about no. it, but I'm going to start posting about it this month. It's okay. just social media it's just photos and video so it'll just mm-hmm. be fun to consume I hope yeah but it's uh I've been do- I've been working on this project for two years so <gasps> very wow. excited to watch it. yeah um yeah so that'll just be on my on my Instagram and on my TikTok coming up yeah um, and otherwise in terms of business things of course I do have the compositing course that's launching in a couple months so we'll see how that goes and uh, yeah, that's about yeah. it Awesome. Cool. Don't you love when you have like a project that you're just like so excited for? I, I feel like I have a few of those and it's just like, it, it, it just re-sparks things for me. Yeah. I'm just like, this is just fun. It's, it, it makes me super stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so fun talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity The wisdom rushing in soon